the great turning. Welcome to the ancient future age of Aquarius. We're going to dive into our current astrology in late December of 2020 and discuss the potency of winter solstice, also known as Yule. We circle back around with the great conjunction, part two. Could we go deeper and wider? Yes, and we do. I offer you ritual ideas for the Great Conjunction, as well as a guided meditation to visit the Earth's Akasha and Holy Spaces. I'm so grateful you're here, and I invite you to really dive in with me, sink in with me on this very special episode. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash ramatribe. This Community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. 
may we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Thank you to the nearly 2,300 unique listeners who have circled up to dive into star stones and stories. I'm so grateful for each one of you for being here and listening and sharing this podcast with those whom you love and you care about who you think will be uplifted and elevated. And as of now, there are over 50 countries around the world represented in this listener base. And I'd like to give a shout out to my fellow Americans as there are 46 states represented and there's some amazing numbers happening out of my hometown in Asheville, North Carolina. So thank you so much to my local community for supporting me through this podcasting journey. And I also want to offer my thanks to California, New York, Tennessee, Florida, New Jersey, South Carolina, Washington State, Georgia, Virginia, and Oregon, as that's where a number of uh, the large listener bases live. So just want to honor you all. Really appreciate donations, love offerings, Uh, People who join my Patreon page, that's patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe. I have five different tiers you can sign up for, ranging anywhere from just $3 a month to $44 a month. Um, You can also book sessions with me or just share this podcast through social media or, you know, find three friends or family members who you know would benefit and really encourage them to listen to the podcast and also share it with those whom they think will benefit. And if you are a regular listener or you've listened to more than one episode, I invite you to subscribe uh, to Star Stones and Stories as that gets the word out there. And please leave me a review on iTunes, on Spotify, on whatever podcasting host website you use. Um, All of this feedback and all of this love just helps keep the podcast going. As of now, it costs me $44 a month to create this podcast, which doesn't even factor in the minimum of 18 hours of energy I pour in each episode. So that's about 36 hours per, per month where I'm just doing this out of my love and devotion. And this is my form of living, breathing art, and I want to be able to keep doing it, and I want to refine the content I offer. I want to get better and better at doing this podcast. So again, like any support you can offer, I'm just so grateful for. I also want to let you know in this episode, episode 17, which is going to be so juicy and so amazing, I want to share with you that I'm not at home, so the recording is going to probably sound a little different from what I use at home. I'm just using an app on my phone and my headset microphone, 
And one of the other things I'd really like to get is a portable mic. I found a really great one that was recommended to me by someone who does a lot of recording out in the field and it costs $220. So if I had 10 people send me a $22 love offering through Venmo at Rama Tribe, I would absolutely purchase that portable mic so that for future travels, this podcast is still delivered to you every other Friday, every other Venus day, as is my pure intention in creating this podcast for your pleasure and for my pleasure because this content is everything that I'm really passionate about. We are literally living in phenomenal times and it is my intention to educate others on how significant this astrology is and wow it is just completely unbelievable. So I invite you to dive in to this episode, Great Turning of the Wheel of Time. The timestamps listed below in the show notes, which you can find direct on my podcast website, starsstonesandstories.com. The show notes will be there as a guide to get you through if you want to listen in segments. Do not feel lonely The entire universe is inside of you. Rumi. The astrology from December 18th through the 31st is potent yet simple in some ways as we're moving into this great conjunction. On December 18th, Friday, the asteroid goddess Juno enters Sagittarius. So as we know, she's been hanging out with Venus in Scorpio. Venus already went into Sagittarius early in December. And on Venus Day, Juno enters Sagittarius. Juno, this asteroid goddess of the mystical marriage within, of this divine union, of what we want in union, in partnership, what is non-negotiable. She is, in Greek mythology, Hera. She is a woman in this myth, a goddess, who sacrifices so much through her commitment. So where she shows up in our charts is what we need, and it is also a point into what we will work on in our sacred unions, in our partnerships, in our marriage, if we choose marriage. In Sagittarius, she is very much a seeker, a pilgrim. She is on a vision quest for high, holy truth. And it is beautiful and elegant that she ingresses into Sagittarius just a few days before winter solstice and the Great Conjunction. On December 19th, Saturday, Jupiter enters Aquarius, where Jupiter will hang out throughout the year of 2021. Jupiter moves fast through Aquarius and by May of 2021 will dip into Pisces and then retrograde back into Aquarius. 
Jupiter wants to expand, bring in wisdom and higher knowledge. Jupiter is of prosperity and benevolence. And in Aquarius, we will feel much more, many more possibilities than Jupiter and Capricorn. However, traditionally, Aquarius is ruled by Saturn, just like Capricorn. So I think there will be greater abundance and more gifts and uh, more insights. However, Jupiter still wants us to work really hard with uh, being an Aquarius. So uh, we're still in a Saturn-ruled sign, so it's important to stay in integrity and authenticity and truth and to take that even further in how you network, how you connect, how you use technology, how you utilize the amazing ideas that you receive. Like, do you take action on them? Do you write them down? Do you help to manifest them in the world? Or do you just collect these ideas and sit on them? Jupiter in Aquarius is asking us to bring in this new age, this age of Aquarius, through right use of technology, through right use of knowledge and wisdom, heralding that the age of the guru is dead, and instead uplifting this altruistic, brotherly, sisterly love, this divine love that as humans, we're here to experience what it means to honor humanity, to honor all beings of the earth, to honor earth consciousness. So this Saturday, December 19th, Jupiter goes through the gates after the goddess Pallas Athene. So the goddess, the feminine, the divine feminine walks through first. Pallas Athene, who, yes, in Greek mythology, she's Athena and she's she's a warrioress. She has her bow and arrow. She's very focused and she's a daughter of patriarchy. She's born of Zeus's head. However, we can take her much further back through time and space to ancient Egypt, to the goddess Neet, Net, who is very hidden, very powerful, a weaver goddess who uses her power of creation through her speech, through her words, through her thoughts. And that is an important concept to really sit with as human beings in the Aquarian age, how important the power of our thoughts are. There's great responsibility through what we think and what we say. What we think and what we say often lays the groundwork for what we experience, and that will only become more and more a part of our reality as we go deeper into this Aquarian age. So right use of technology absolutely is important, but also right use of thoughts, of speech. On Sunday, December 20th, Mercury enters Capricorn, the messenger god Hermes, 
Thoth, Tehuti, goes into the sign of Capricorn, that which is stable and grounded, here to build. So our communication becomes more stable and anchored and committed to the long haul, but also focused on uh, authority, focused on integrity, focused on really being able to be initiatory and to follow through. And this leads us up to December 21st, winter solstice, the day that the sun enters Capricorn, the rebirth of the sun. And in turn, this year's winter solstice is exceptionally phenomenal as we have the great conjunction where Jupiter and Saturn meet up. I will go much deeper into the astrology of winter solstice and also Jupiter and Saturn in this great conjunction marriage. We have one final aspect and that will be the Cancer full moon, which comes in on December 29th, which is a Tuesday. And this is a very beautiful full moon to close out the year of 2020 with. And I'll also go deeper into that astrology as well. So winter solstice, also known as Yule, this is the time of the holy days. And many people around the world celebrate different holy days around this time of year, whether it's Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas. And there are many who go back to ancient roots of Yule winter solstice which is when we honor the great cosmic wheel of time and space as it begins with the initiation of winter solstice. So we can come together in honor of this festival of rebirth, diving into the cauldron of regeneration. This is a yin season of stillness. And traditionally, a Yule log is ceremonially burned in the central fireplace of one's home. Some people also gather a Yule tree, harvest a Yule tree that is then consecrated and decorated with very particular gatherings that honor the nature spirits and is tended to and loved. And then around the time of Beltane, Beltana, the Yule tree is then planted to grow in the earth. Yule means wheel in Norwegian, and it is the shortest day and longest night for those whom reside in the Southern Hemisphere. So our brothers and sisters, and we have a number of you listening, so thank you for being here who live in the Southern Hemisphere, we'll be celebrating summer solstice. As the sun enters Capricorn, it is marked by Saturnalia, and Saturnalia is an old holiday that goes back to Rome, and it was a time where the ancients would honor Saturn, and for one day, people of all classes kind of reversed roles and got to experience life in a whole other energy. So at this time of year, we are reclaiming the dark, 
making peace with endings. We've completed old cycles, passed through the dark of the sun, and we're welcoming new beginnings as we enter the rebirth of the sun. Winter solstice is marked by a number of megalithic sites around the world and other sacred temples, particularly Stonehenge has an alignment with winter solstice, Newgrange has an alignment with winter solstice, and Karnak Temple in Luxor has an alignment with winter solstice. This festival of rebirth is not just about a beginning, it is about a renewal. Therefore, we are here to really honor the past as it is essential as we look forward and that which we're building. It is a time where we really honor the darkness so that the inner realms may expand and come to the forefront so that we may experience the world within our psyches and truly merge with our deepest truths. This is a time of birthing our visions, naming the dreams that we have been incubating. This time of year invokes the direction of the earth, the north direction. We welcome the subtle and the rooting and the grounding energies. We become still so that we may go deep, diving into ancient wisdom ways. And this year, winter solstice aligns on December 21st, 5.02 a.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. And that will be summer solstice in the Southern Hemisphere. This chart is very much aligned as the Great Conjunction chart is. And we'll explore that later on in this podcast. The Cancer full moon comes in on December 29th, Tuesday at 10.28 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is a very special full moon because we began the year of 2020 with a Cancer full moon on January 10th. And we're closing out the year on December 29th with the second and final Cancer full moon of the year. And as we look to the archetype of Cancer, we can consider the crab, the double-breasted, great engulfing mother, one who is a nurturer, a caretaker, uh, empress, one who is there to really tend to others, who cares about the earth, who cares about children, who cares about the elderly, and wants to do what is right out of love and devotion. Cancer has the need to give and receive emotional warmth to be nurturing, to offer security. It is a reflective, sensitive, tender sign that is sympathetic, compassionate, and cancers tend to have excellent, excellent memories. As it is a protective sign, particularly of animals, of the young and the elderly, this full moon is really asking each one of us to protect, to nurture, to tend to 
those whom we love, to offer our devotion to those who we care about, and to honor our feelings as sacred, to radiate our feeling ability, to strengthen our intuition, to connect with our core truth through our sensory system, through our emotions. Now, what is fascinating is that this full moon occurs at nine degrees Cancer. The sun will be at nine degrees Capricorn. And back uh, on January 10th, when we had that first Cancer full moon of 2020, which was a lunar eclipse. Now, what was interesting about the lunar eclipse on January 10th of 2020 is that the North Node, our collective destiny, our collective Dharma, where we're headed together throughout humanity, was at nine degrees Cancer. The same exact degree of this Cancer full moon. And at that time, there was an opposition with the South Node, the collective karma, the resources were at nine degrees Capricorn, very tightly conjunct Jupiter and also conjunct Sun, Mercury, Ceres, Saturn, and Pluto. So we can also consider with this full moon on December 29th that there is a light shining on activity, intentions, actions, prayers that have been taking place throughout the entire year of 2020. Something that has needed to develop over time and space. Nine degrees Cancer, the Sabian symbol for this, is a small naked girl bends over a pond trying to catch a fish. So the frequency of this is about a innocent quest for knowledge, for a complete understanding of life. This is about the mind being spacious, being free of cultural patterns and paradigms, to have a purity and understanding. And the star sparks transmission for nine degrees cancer is a skeleton playing a flute. One who plays with death also plays with life. This is about sinking your blood, your bones, your entire being into a given moment to be a pure vessel, to be stripped of worldly illusions. In this chart, the Cancer Moon opposes the Capricorn Sun, which is conjunct Mercury in Capricorn. So there's also a journey around communication, what needs to be shared, ideas, thoughts, teachings, what needs to be integrated. Pluto is also in Capricorn. 
but at this we'll have been through the great conjunction so we have saturn jupiter and Pallas Athene all conjunct in aquarius during this cancer full moon the south node our resources of the past where we have been is very tightly conjunct venus and sagittarius which is so much about our values our search for truth again it is a reminder that we have stepped into a new timeline a new way of being and our values need to reflect this on such a deep core level both venus and the south node will be fairly close to the great attractor which is like this cosmic loom of all the cosmic looms in the galaxies it is a zero point a still point of creation so we're being asked to continually weave our intentions and our reflections back to source to creator to god goddess however you connect with the divine to continually thread back to that space and that place this astrology brings us to our second spiral of the great conjunction this powerful time when Jupiter and Saturn meet up at one degrees of Aquarius, heralding our full entry as a collective into the Aquarian age. This age that is one where we truly develop the self-sensory system, the age where the guru is dead, where each one of us fully claims our unique divine spark and stops seeking answers from beyond the core, the center of self. It is a powerful, precious time to be alive here and now on planet Earth. And as I'm recording this podcast, I'm sitting at the banks of this most beautiful, very salty lake, and I have all the stars up above me. And I can just feel the pulsation of the elemental forces here and now. I truly believe that regardless of how challenging things feel in these times, that we are very blessed to be alive on planet Earth here and now. And I believe that our souls chose to be here now, that we are representatives of our lineage, representatives of our ancestral blood lineage, of our soul lineage, and of our ancestral starry lineage. And that we incarnated to be here now for this great turning of the wheel of time. And it is so beautiful and so appropriate that the ancient future feminine opened the gates to the age of Aquarius as it was Pallas Athene, the asteroid goddess and daughter, who we know through mythology, who is daughter of Zeus, astrologically known as Jupiter. 
It is said through the story she was born of his head. And I really see her as this bridge between the feminine and the masculine. She's a solar goddess of wisdom and justice, one who stands for equity. She's extremely mentally creative. She's analytical, she's strategic, and she also knows how to heal through the power of the mind, through thoughts, through words. For most of 2020, she has been in the sign of Capricorn alongside Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto. She has been on a journey to illuminate justice and healing where the old paradigms have been collapsing. As she has just transitioned into Aquarius on December 7th of 2020, this is heralding the power of the feminine in the age of Aquarius. And something I've been talking about for years in my Venetian love notes and my weekly writing to my beloved community. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're not already receiving these love letters, I invite you to go to my website, ramatribe.com and sign up for my Venetian love notes. I've been talking about how she is we. When we speak about the return of the feminine, we speak about the return of welcoming all to the table, where at the table there is a seat for every human being regardless of gender, age, class, race, all are welcomed. So as we're building up to the Great Conjunction on December 21st, 2020, which will be at 1.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we're building up to this beautiful alignment, which is truly the full arrival of the Aquarian age as the two teacher planets, Jupiter and Saturn, align in Aquarius. Aquarian energy is ultimately here in service to humanity, in service to Earth consciousness, that which is of Terra Gaia, and is ultimately in great service to the divine. The Divine Feminine is opening the gates to this new age with a cosmic visionary touch that offers original and progressive values for one and all. And we can take a step back through the portals of time and space. Beyond Athena as goddess, we can go to ancient Egypt where the root goddess of Athena is neat. Neat, goddess Neat, whose cult city was Saïs. She is the hidden mother, a true creatrix, the weaver goddess, who through her thoughts and words alone and weaves creation to this day. So as I build upon 
what we discovered in episode 16 of Star Stones and Stories in regards to the Great Conjunction. I invite you to circle back around to that episode if you've not already listened to the part one of the Great Conjunction. That is at timestamp 30 minutes and 50 seconds. The Great Conjunction occurs when the two teacher planets, Jupiter and Saturn, meet up. This happens roughly every 20 years, or we could say 19.85 years to be exact. It is about a time of expansion and contraction, a true cultural renaissance. Three great conjunctions form a trigon or a triangle, which is about 60 years. And every 60 years, we start to see true, true cultural renaissance. We see renewal, we see rebirth, we see new thought being born and civilizations changing in marked ways. 12 great conjunctions equals a middle conjunction, which is 238 years, also known as a great mutation cycle. Four middle conjunctions equals a big conjunction, which is 952.8 years. Three big conjunctions equal a mighty conjunction, which is 2,858.4 years. So I spoke about some of the historical information I was able to pull up in my research around the Great Conjunction. And as I always value the amazing listeners who come and circle through this podcast, if you have found other data and you're called to share it with me, I'd love to hear from you. So you can send me a direct message or an email, which you can find my information on my website, ramatribe.com or at ramatribe or at stars, stones, and stories on Instagram and Facebook. So I was really interested to see what would happen if from the year of 2020, I went back in time and space through the mighty conjunction to see what was going on around the world. And I did some research and was brought back to 838 BCE. And because I'm a one woman show and I juggle so many things, I could have geeked out on this research much more than I have. However, what I found, I think is pretty interesting. So I found a manual of ancient history by George Rollison. And in this manual of ancient history, he is talking about in 838 BCE, what is happening with the line of kings from King Solomon. I find this fascinating because I think many of us know that the root of civilization comes from the motherland of Africa and the Middle East. And we can trace civilization 
to the cradle of civilization being ancient Egypt, being Mesopotamia, being all sorts of lands within this region. We know it's an important place of history on earth. So this line of kings from King Solomon depicts a story of this daughter of Ahab and Jezebel who murders all of the royal seed except for her son, Joash, and she makes herself queen. Her name is Atalia. She reigns from 884 to 878 BCE and substitutes the worship for, of Baal for Jehovah. This is pretty fascinating because we're leaving more of the cult following of gods and goddesses and going to Jehovah, which is more focused around one god, monotheism. Joash reigns from 878 through 838 BCE, and then he is murdered. His mother was murdered before his reign. His son, Amaziah, takes Petra, then Jerusalem, reigning 29 years from 838 to 809 BCE. So the story goes on and on, but I found it really interesting because we're talking about this region that we could say very much is the cradle of civilization as we know it today. And in this time period, Baal is dethroned for Jehovah. And there is a land grab for both Petra and Jerusalem very sacred sites within the Middle East today. And as we look to the layers of history, it's clear that many timelines and stories are being healed here and now. And the root of so many of these timelines goes to a very simple space of oppression, of using power and control dynamics, to take away freedom of others, to take away the diversity of how people want to connect with the divine. And as we're going through this gate into the age of Aquarius, everything is so focused around the feminine way of allowing, inviting in all really truly crafting a space of diversity of holistic health and spiritual wellness so as we look to the signature of one degrees aquarius according to redyard's an astrological mandala one degree aquarius links up to the frequency of an old adobe mission in california this is a signature that marks the power in all of humans' creations to live well beyond a single lifespan. As we are emerging out of the frequency of the builder, 
political Capricorn. We are entering into Aquarius, which rises to a new height of spirituality and creativity. Ilias Longsdale in Inside Degrees suggests that the first degree of Aquarius represents a two-headed calf, which is an opportunity to notice two polarities. This is also very synchronistic as we have the collective North Node in Gemini that is so much about honoring that duality of consciousness. As we're able to take a good look at concepts, ideas, life itself with an eagle eye vision, this allows each one of us to be in the middle of the two polarities to stand there faced with two different sides, the yin, the yang, the masculine, the feminine, the omega and alpha, and to find that central column, that jed pillar of strength, where neither side pulls one more sharply than the other. It is an immense opportunity even a huge challenge to have this vital potential for truth synthesis. This is about alchemy, learning how to work with alchemy. As we turn to the precision of this chart when Jupiter and Saturn meet up at one degree Aquarius, again, it will be at 1.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jupiter and Saturn merge. As they merge, Pallas Athene is at 4 degrees, 30 arc minutes, Aquarius. So they are coming to meet the feminine. Jupiter and Saturn sextile the Pisces moon. So there are gifts coming from our connection to our emotions, our connection to that which we're intuiting, that's what, that which we are sensing, that which we are feeling. And the Pisces moon is very much exalted, very much connected to the high heart and the dream and the collective consciousness. So as we stay connected to our high hearts and to the dream reading of humanity, of the divine sovereign fact that each one of us is a creator, a creatrix in this lifetime, in these human bodies. Jupiter and Saturn also sextile Juno, the asteroid goddess of the divine marriage, the mystical marriage of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And she has just entered Sagittarius, coming to meet with Venus in Sagittarius. And so there's also, again, this frequency that is being broadcast on how the goddess, the feminine, is leading the way in this sacred dance. And as we honor this, it's not to say that the feminine is more superior than the masculine. We are speaking to that it is a time where in our civilizations, in our cultures, that we put women first, 
that we put the matriarchy first, that we drop our weapons and we allow the feminine to step into true leadership and to have a voice of power at the table. Jupiter and Saturn also create a novile, a very sacred aspect between Ceres, the asteroid goddess, which connects to the Earth consciousness, and the collective South Node, which is our resources, our past, our gifts. Ceres is in Pisces, so that Earth consciousness is very much concerned with humanity and collective consciousness as a whole and wants to nurture the mystical dreamer within all of us. And the South Node, as we know, is in Sagittarius. Our connection, our gifts from the paradigms that have come before we want to learn from what we have experienced through the ages. So there's an opportunity here to utilize a transcendental force to rise above karma, to stay true, to go the distance in evolutionary growth. The Capricorn sun, which has just entered the sign of Capricorn. We have just on this day, just hours prior, had this rebirth, this renewal, this rejuvenation of the sun. The Capricorn sun trines Uranus and Taurus and Black Moon Lilith and Eris and Aries. So there are gifts swirling through as we connect to our solar force, our power, our consciousness with the genius solutions that wish for us to stay rooted and grounded and be good earth stewards as we also connect in with these shadow elements of the feminine where it's important where we honor the power of the feminine, the dark goddess, we must integrate these lost, dark, hidden pieces for the healing of humanity. First and foremost, we must integrate true and radical healing of the feminine body, a love for the feminine body in all of her shapes and sizes and colors, a love for the blood of the feminine body. It is imperative that we honor the feminine once more in her totality. And that is a full signature of this great conjunction. Jupiter and Saturn are also parallel Venus. And as I was saying, Venus is in the early degrees of Sagittarius. She is asking our values to align with our highest truth. And she's conjunct Juno, as I mentioned, that 
mystical marriage of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And she also trines Chiron. Chiron has been on a journey of healing places and spaces of the divine masculine that need to be brought to the surface to be cleared and integrated. So these placements of Venus are very important because as Venus is parallel Jupiter and Saturn, that is like a conjunction. So what Venus is doing as goddess of love and beauty in her devotion to the adventure, in her devotion to being the vision quester, of being the wandering, wild-hearted gypsy in search of those high holy truths that connect beliefs across many different cultures and religions and civilizations. Through that devotion, we find our way through the gates of the Aquarian Age. So I wanted to go deeper with this astrology. And as I went deeper, I found some really interesting information in regards to the asteroids. In the astrology I work with, I work with the well-known goddess asteroids, Pallas Athene, Ceres, Vesta, and Juno, in addition to Black Moon Lilith. There are over 44,000 asteroids in the asteroid belt, which is located between Mars and Jupiter. Mars being our instinct, our will, our vitality, and Jupiter being this teaching planet of expansion and spiritual wisdom. I was really interested to see what asteroids are closely conjunct some of the important placements in this chart of the Great Conjunction. As I mentioned, Venus is parallel Jupiter and Saturn. And so it's like she's creating conjunction with them. And the orbs of degrees I'm working with is less than one degree conjunct, which means that it's a very, very tight connection. For a lot of these asteroids, Many astrologers believe that if you're using an orb more than one degree, it, it's too far away to actually count it. So conjunct Venus, we have two asteroids. We have Aten, who Aten is connected to the solar disk. He was worshipped for a very short time in ancient Egypt, connected to the solar frequency and during the time of a 10 it was like a monotheistic connection also conjunct venus we have stargazer so for my fellow star lovers out there the night of this great conjunction would be a beautiful time to look up and connect with the stars conjunct the collective karmic south node and Sagittarius, we have the asteroid DNA, which brings us to the frequency of the codes of light of each human being and that which makes them unique. 
and the goddess Sekhmet. Sekhmet, the powerful lion-headed goddess, daughter of Ra, who connects to the element of fire. She is a goddess of truth. We could say she is a dark goddess because she stands fiercely for truth and will do anything to protect truth. She is very powerful and very mighty. And as much as she is a fierce protectoress, she is a healer, a potent and powerful, powerful healer. Conjunct the Sun and Mercury, we have the asteroid Lancelot, which connects us to the Avalonian King Arthur legends. Conjunct Pluto is Zeus. Zeus connecting to Jupiter and conjunct Jupiter and Pluto we have Poseidon, god of the water, of the underworld, connected to Neptune. And all of this is pretty interesting, right? But I wanted to take it a step further because I just felt intuitively that there was something really important in looking up these asteroids. So I was drawn to see who was conjunct Pallas Athene. Now remember, Pallas Athene went into Aquarius on December 7th. She led the way for Jupiter and Saturn to go through the gates of the Aquarian age. She is at 4 degrees 30 arc minutes at the Great Conjunction. and. Surrounding her, we have three very, very important gods, goddesses who connect to ancient Egypt. Now, many of you know my work braids, weaves in so much in regards to the ancient Egyptian cosmology. It has been something I've been very drawn to for a number of years in my life. However, it was my first pilgrimage to the beautiful land of Kemet in 2018 that unlocked the gates for me to step into this deep, deep love and devotion to wanting to know more about ancient Egyptian mysticism and to understand these layers. And through my travels, through pilgrimage, through my journeys of having the privilege to bring people to Egypt and my own solo journeys, I continue to unlock more and more layers. And the more that I unlock, the more that everything starts to gel in such a powerful way. So for me, to find this alignment was like seeing the hand of God, goddess, literally touching the stars on the great conjunction. 
So surrounding Pallas Athene, we have goddess Isis, god Osiris, and goddess Neet. Goddess Isis is at four degrees, five arc minutes, Aquarius. Osiris is at four degrees, 20 arc minutes, Aquarius. And goddess Neet is four degrees, 54 arc minutes, Aquarius. This is a rare turn of events. I pull these asteroids from time to time when I'm working with clients, doing natal chart readings. I look at them for myself and other beloveds. And to be clear, Isis, Osiris, and Neat are, I've never even seen them conjunct like this, let alone conjunct this tight in this way. It's phenomenal. It's pure beauty in starry consciousness, womb consciousness, wisdom. So Isis, goddess of 10,000 names, the ultimate leader, the ultimate healer, goddess of magic, goddess of so much writing, the stars. She is the goddess of the land. And her consort, her beloved Osiris, they go on a deep journey, which in episode one of my podcast, Star Stones and Stories, I talk about this mystical marriage. And I share one of many versions of the mythology of Isis and Osiris. Osiris is her consort. He is her beloved king and brother. And he is killed by his jealous brother, Set. And not only is he killed, but his body is chopped into 14 pieces, strewn all throughout the land. And it is Isis and her love and her devotion that travels and she morphs into the neckbet, the vulture, to find all of the pieces of her beloved through her senses. And it's powerful because it is this time of year, winter solstice, the time of resurrection and renewal, that we could very much connect with Osiris because his journey is ultimately a story of resurrection, of renewal, of rebirth. And as the sun is being reborn on the day of the great conjunction, Isis and Osiris meet in Aquarius. Palisathene connects in Aquarius. And then just on the other side, we have goddess Neat. Neat. The beautiful weaver hidden goddess, the creatrix, who speaks of creation through her words. This is powerful. We are potent, and how we choose to connect with this starry alignment is our greatest power. 
So dear ones, as you're listening, please know, as you look up at this starry consciousness, as we are in this great womb of creation, please know that your thoughts matter, your actions matter, that which you do when no one is looking matters. How you show up for this one sacred holy life matters and how you choose to arrive at this great conjunction and move through this time and space it matters so very much there's so many layers at play and as you go deeper to the mathematical equations of time and space you will begin to understand that everything that happens in creation has the fingerprint of the divine upon it. Even those challenges that feel so painful, so hopeless, where you feel so helpless, they are moments in time and space. They are opportunities to learn to grow, to expand, and to evolve. So I wanted to take things a step further and see what is the Sabian symbol of five degrees Aquarius? Because as we know, Isis, Osiris, Pallas Athene, and Neat are all aligning at five degrees Aquarius. The Sabian symbol is a council of ancestors has been called to guide a man. This is a signature of faith, of trust, of hope in the wisdom and understanding of those who have come before. This connects us to the seven generations that have come before. This council of ancestors is about a connection to our tribal selves, our starry origins. It is about wisdom. It is about knowledge. It is about asking for guidance and to also honor, to know that the ones who have come before are still with us. They live through us. They live around us. And they come alive through the elemental forces. And as I look to the star spark signature, five degrees Aquarius is humans worshiping an obese nature goddess. This speaks to the feminine as the most ancient and futuristic sources of energy. And before I had even looked at this, I have been speaking about this ancient future wisdom, the ancient future weaving we are doing here and now, and it all connects to the feminine force. And as we herald through this age of Aquarius with Jupiter and Saturn connecting, we have Isis and Osiris coming together. And what do they come together to create? They create Horus, the divine child, through that mystical marriage and goddess Neat, the hidden weaver, creatrix, and her power, her power to speak, 
creation into being. As we honor the feminine, the ancient future feminine, we go both back and forward. We connect to the great mother for inspiration, for sustenance, for guidance. We move through the spiral path, the spiral journey, honoring the flow of the divine feminine through earth consciousness. We know that all is in divine order. And in addition to Isis and Osiris and Pallas Athene and Neat, we have a whole other consortium of asteroids in Aquarius that I think are very important to name. Poseidon, who's connected to the sea, earthquakes, storms, Neptune. We have Ptah, who is the father of Imhotep, husband to Sekhmet, ancient Egyptian goddess, the symbol of the Jed pillar, a creator god. We have Lug, god from Irish mythology, who is a master craftsman, a king who upheld oaths and truth. We have Horus, the falcon-headed god of freedom, the divine child of Isis and Osiris, who was born through a complete miracle and who became one who represented all of the kings. We have Aminhotep, the second pharaoh of the 18th dynasty of Egypt, who rebuilt the temples within Upper Egypt into their beauty. We have Io, nymph, who is loved by Zeus, also known as Jupiter, and who also connected to the goddess Isis. We have Asclepius, god of healing, who was taught by the centaur Chiron. He was the student of Chiron, and Asclepius's roots go back to Imhotep, who is the master architect of Saqqara. We have Abuntia, Roman goddess of good fortune. Hathor, again, another ancient Egyptian goddess, the goddess who goes back all the way to Neolithic times, who connects to the cow, to the sky, to the earth, to the land, the beautiful mother goddess that celebrates women and childbirth and dance and song and beauty, who connects to Venus, Earth sisters, through the beautiful Hathors, Hathors. Cupio, son of Venus and Mercury, the winged love bearer. Rhea, the goddess of fertility, child of Gaia and Uranus, mother of Demeter, Hestia, Zeus, and Poseidon. Plato, the classical Greek philosopher from Athens. Amor, god of love, child of Venus and Mars. And Eos, goddess of dawn. This age of Aquarius is an age of beauty, of possibility, of ancient future wisdom. And as we're doing this deep journey, this deep spiral dance through time and space, 
What is becoming more and more clear is that as humans, that we do our deep inner work and as things evolve and expand more and more collectively, that we keep coming home. Through this inner work, we can commit to a path of finding the lost hidden shadow parts of self and bringing them to consciousness, bringing them to light to integrate them. As Carl Jung said, the shadow is a moral problem that challenges the whole ego personality for no one can become conscious of the shadow without considerable moral effort. To become conscious of it involves recognizing the dark aspects of the personality as present and real. This act is the essential condition for any kind of self-knowledge. I was recently watching the movie Harriet about the beautiful life of Harriet Tubman. And I think it's important that we draw upon these true leaders we've had in our history to connect us with the frequencies in which we want to build anew in this new earth that we are birthing. Harriet Tubman said as she died, I go to prepare a place for you. In her lifetime, she freed over 70 slaves in America through the Underground Railroad. She led 150 black soldiers in the Comber River Raid, freeing over 750 slaves. She is one of the few women in U.S. history to have led an armed expedition. And in addition, she assisted with both the women's suffrage movement and the elderly's rights. She lived to 90 years of age. So as we think of this cancer full moon coming in and this age of Aquarius and all these layers, we can consider a woman like Harriet Tubman who was such a nurturer, she was holding it down for so many people and she kept up no matter what and as she kept up she was committed to her inner work because that was the only way she could move forward our inner work is like going into a very large museum or library and as we walk through this space, whether you're using a card catalog system or a computer database, or you're just walking through shelves of books or artifacts, you have an ability to access the Akashic records of who you are. This connection to the Akasha is one of symbols, and visions, mythological motifs. It is about genius, seeds that were laid down in the past that are meant to be collected now to plant for the future.
As we go deeper into this Aquarian age, we have the opportunity to come more in alignment with unity consciousness, to use through the field of the heart, the auric field going into the organ of the heart, the one organ that is a time travel device in your being through this deep compassion and connection to your sisters and brothers on earth, you activate the holy hologram, the master frequencies that connect us through the light codes to be able to access the star alliances of our starry ancestral roots, of our soul, family, and our blood lineage. This year, the Northern Lights have had some of the greatest visibility we have seen in many years. It is as if the heavens itself are telling us to go the distance, to shine on, to stay committed. The final movie of the Star Wars series. In it, they coded to each one of us, those of you who are Star Wars fans, that is, they win by making you think you are alone. There are more of us. There are more of us than there are of them. It is time that we rise above the fear propaganda machine and step fully into our light body, our living light body frequency of all of creation that takes us straight back to that galactic womb through the cosmos, through our multi-dimensional attunements. Many people believe there is a covenant of 144,000 light keepers, way showers on earth here and now. And as we connect to and through each other, there is a formula, a Genesis formula that roots into the earth's Akasha, Terra Gaia, that roots through our unique individual Akashas into the DNA of the cosmos. These holographic patterns connect deep into Terra Gaia. As we connect in this way, we have that ability to bend time, to time travel, knowing that linear time is becoming quantum time, that the power of the now is the power that you hold. It is the key to unlock the portals within portals of who you are and who you are meant to be. So as we come to this great conjunction, I invite you to trust your instincts now more than ever. If you feel the call to do something, the urge to do something, no matter how much courage, spiritual courage it may take, I invite you to do it. Go for it. If it goes beyond logic, 
yet you're feeling the call within your bones, trust this wisdom. If you've worked with your honeypot since the total solar eclipse, Sagittarius new moon, I hope you're still tending to that. And if you want to know more about it, go back to episode 16. It's not too late. There's still time. There's always time. Remember the power of now. <laughs> there is always time. So I invite you to continue to tend to your honeypot. And on the day of the great conjunction, as you feel called, I invite you to bury it in the earth or offer it to a sacred holy water or some other space. And perhaps you will be called to continue to tend to it. So trust your own instinctual wisdom. I am only offering guidance here. And beyond that, I invite you to do whatever feels most juicy and alive and important for you. What will honor you and your unique lineage and your unique medicine? Whatever it is you do, whether it is seated meditation or ritualized dance or a group meditation online or in person somewhere or being outside in nature on your own or the sacred site somewhere on the earth, whatever you're called to do, trust this. Trust your unique wisdom. This is the Aquarian age. This is the time where we step deeper and deeper within. And as we go deeper and deeper within, we travel beyond the beyond. And we create a new civilization. We birth a new consciousness of the collective of Earth on Terra Gaia. This time is so sacred and so holy. And I'm really grateful you've circled up in this particular episode. My prayer is that it is of service to you and your lineage and ultimately of service to humanity and to Mother Earth. I can promise you I will be in ritual on this great conjunction. I'll be holding all of you in my hearts. And if you have particular prayers that you want someone to witness you in, feel free to message me privately. I can promise you I will be at a most sacred holy site in my work. And it is my honor and my privilege to anchor your prayers at this time. I believe in us now more than ever. This journey I've been on with astrology, with the goddess, with spirit, with the divine has been deeply personal for me. It has been a part of my life and my coming of age. Since before I was a preteen, this journey for me, it is authentic, it is real, it is my truth. And I do this work because I believe in it. And I share with you because I'm so excited as to what we can create on earth. I have a daughter and she's almost 10. And 
when I look at the 3D consciousness of what is happening on Earth, there's a lot that makes me very sad and worried. However, when I tune into the frequencies that are working through and beyond all of us, I know it is all in perfect divine time and alignment. And as I was given the Great Pyramid in October of 2018, I was given two mantras. All is in divine order. Trust the process. Since that activation, I have put my life in the hands of the divine in a way that I never had fully done in this incarnation. And thus far, the ride has been pretty amazing. There have definitely been some really intense obstacles I've had to go through. However, I feel more alive and in more joy and pleasure and celebration and trust than I've ever known. And I know the reason why I feel this way is because I have come home. I have come home to my own intuition, my own inner wisdom, and my own inner beauty. And I believe that this is possible for all of us on Terra Gaia. I wish you the most blessed, beautiful entry into the great conjunction. And I can't wait to connect with you on the other side. Blessed be. Please take a moment to create a space where you can go into meditation. So if you're operating any heavy machinery or not able to be present, pause here. There are timestamps in the show notes, which you can always find on my website, starsstonesandstories.com. And then you just click on each episode and you'll see notes and you click on the notes and that will give you all of the timestamps. So come back to this when you're able to be present. And as you're preparing your space, make sure that you're comfortable, your biological needs have been cared for, your device is off or on silent and you're warm enough, you're able to come seated or lie down on your back. And just take some nice, long, deep breaths. Close the eyes. And begin to allow a nice, warm wave of relaxation to roll through your body, beginning at the soles of the feet, entering in through the soles of the feet and circling up through the ankles, moving up through the legs and the knees and the thighs and the buttocks 
and the pelvic bowl up through all of your digestive organs and the layers of your spine, your lungs and your heart, all the way up to the shoulders, rolling, cascading down through the arms, down the elbows, down into the wrists and the fingertips. And this warm wave of relaxation continues back up the arms, back through the shoulders, up into the neck, the back of the head and the throat and the jaw, deep into the root of your tongue, into the root of your nose, deep into the optic nerves and the space between the eyebrows. Every bone in your face and your body relaxes and every hair on your head and your body relaxes. The bones of who you are merge with the bones, the stones of Mother Earth. Begin to draw a nice long deep breath up from the core of Mother Earth. And as you exhale, allow that breath to fill up your body from the base of your spine to the crown of your head. And now inhale a nice long deep breath from the cosmos. And as you exhale, bring that breath down through the crown of the head all the way to the root of your spine. And again, inhale deeply from the core of Mother Earth. And exhale into your vertebrae, into your whole spinal column, your nervous system. Again, inhale from the cosmos. And exhale. And now begin to imagine from the base of the spine and the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet, imagine a cord of red, golden, silver light coming out from these spaces and beginning to spiral down, 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 deep, deep down into Mother Earth, to the core of Mother Earth, Tara Gaia, where great-grandmother Hematite sits anchoring you, connecting you to this lineage stone, welcoming in the seven generations who've come before you and the seven generations yet to come, welcoming the time-bending stabilities of your ancestors and your descendants all merging here and now through this holy vessel that is you. And through this awakening, you feel that pulse of the heart of Mother Earth coming up through these cords of light into the core of who you are, 
entering in through your base chakra, your root chakra, and you begin to feel the Earth's Akasha, the DNA of Taragaya, merging with your Akasha, your unique Akasha. And as you focus at the base of your spine, your root chakra, you begin to feel yourself connecting in with the root chakra of Mother Earth, going to Mount Shasta in Northern California in the United States, connecting in with this root of foundation, stability, where the subterranean creates home, safety, stability, so that the system, all of the systems may find relaxation and true abundance and prosperity in this lifetime. And so as you connect in with the root of Mother Earth, you connect in with your root chakra, your base chakra, that red wheel of light, and you begin to see it spinning. And you trust the direction, whether it is clockwise or counterclockwise, trust your natural instinct, how it needs to flow in this now moment. And as it spins faster and faster, any debris just is moved away. And as you follow this wheel of light, the spiral of light, you bring your awareness up to your womb center, the hara, regardless of gender, all beings have this sacred womb center, the sacral chakra, this orange wheel of light. And at the same time, you find yourself drawn to Lake Titicaca in South America the center of creativity, of sexuality, of the emotional balance, of fertility, of pure inspiration. The heart of the divine feminine sits here in this gorgeous sacred lake on earth and you feel yourself cleansing the waters of Lake Titicaca cleansing your womb space, your hara space, cleansing, moving through you. And you connect deeply, feeling this wheel of light moving through you, this orange wheel of light spinning, 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 and allowing as it spins any old paradigms around creativity and creation and sexuality and the emotions and the feminine that are within you that are ready to be dislodged allow them to from here you draw your awareness up to the solar plexus to this golden yellow wheel of light and immediately you draw your awareness to Uluru and the Olgas in Australia. This radiant solar sun that connects with the divine masculine frequency. This place of confidence, of inner power, personal power, purpose, full energy. 
and you feel you feel yourself connected here and now and you see this wheel of light spinning in whatever direction you find it wants to spend and again the debris the old stories the old paradigms that are ready to move through and out of your sphere your energetic body your physical body your mental body your emotional body so be it and so it is done and from here you draw your awareness up to your heart space to this green wheel of light below it sits this beautiful pink luminescent orb of light but you bring your awareness back to the green wheel of light and you find yourself drawn to Avalon, to Glastonbury in the United Kingdom, as well as Stonehenge. And you find yourself drawn to the heart of Mother Earth. You find yourself dancing within a field of pure love and compassion, forgiveness, and in turn the ability to give unconditionally altruistic brotherhood, sisterhood, connection, the high heart frequency comes through here and now, allowing you to dislodge any old wounds around the heart, removing the parts the pieces, the paradigms that are ready to be shed, to be let go of. And you see your green wheel of light spinning, spinning, spinning as you connect deep, deep down through the tour into the heart of Avalon. And you feel this sense of home and love and acceptance. you bring your awareness up to the throat chakra and you see this blue beautiful sapphire blue wheel of light and it begins to spend more and more with your awareness as you find yourself drawn to the great pyramid and sphinx in Giza Egypt Kemet And you feel yourself as you're drawn to this sacred land, you feel your center of communication and your ability to express yourself, to speak, to seek, to receive the truth fully activated as this blue wheel of light spins and spins. all the old ancient paradigms around the throat around your voice that are ready to be shed and let go of it is done and you find this wheel of light spinning faster and faster from here you bring your awareness up to the third eye to this indigo wheel of light And you find yourself drawn to Kui Malek Sia in Iran, to the third eye of Taragaya, Mother Earth. And as you're drawn to this landscape, you find 
your own inner eye, the space between your two eyebrows vibrating, pulsating, opening, clearing, cleansing the distortion timelines and paradigms that have captured humanity through the television, through the media, through the mass production of information. And at this time you find yourself drawn to your truth, to the earth's truth, and this symbiotic dance. This indigo wheel of light spins and spins and spins. And from here, you find your awareness drawn up to the crown of your head, simultaneously drawn to Mount Kailash in Tibet, where you connect in through the template, the timelines, the ley lines, the dragon lines, the fairy lines through Mother Earth, Gaia's grid, Terra Gaia's grid, to the highest levels of wisdom, of divine guidance, cosmic consciousness. You find yourself, your crown, this violet wheel of light spinning, spinning healthfully. All old distortion timelines dropped, dissolved, terminated, so that the pure cosmic consciousness is able to come through. And you notice all seven wheels of light that sit within your body, spinning healthfully, taking into account the many other chakra points we have, feeling yourself in a symbiotic dance with Mother Earth, feeling yourself in the sacred movement, this pulse as you inhale from Mother Earth. Feel that breath moving up through the vertebrae and exhale. Inhale from the cosmos and exhale through your body. And as you continue to lay and relax, allow yourself to journey even deeper through these wheels of light feeling how connected, woven they are with Mother Earth's wheels of light through all the ley lines, dragon lines, fairy lines, timelines. Feel yourself connected through these timelines and these ley lines, these meridians through your body and the Earth's body, connected with your sisters and brothers around the Earth. Those who are consciously calling in this cosmic energy just as you are here and now as we're moving toward this great conjunction. This most potent astrology that is so easily, so gracefully, so elegantly dissolving the old narratives. Trust in the process, trust in the process, trust in the process knowing that all is in divine order.
May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. For sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine. <laughs>